Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Father, Lord, we're coming to you today because you've said that you will teach us and lead us into all truth. And so, Father, we're opening our hearts today that your Holy Spirit would teach us what we need to learn. Lord, that uh, it wouldn't just be head knowledge, but you would put it in our hearts and, Lord, outwork it in our lives. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to warn you up front that this is a very information-heavy teaching this morning. Um, but notes will be made available on our website uh, for those that want to revisit those, uh, th- this teaching. So um, if you're taking notes, just kind of put keywords because there's no way that you're going to get it all down. Um, but rather maybe listen and see what Holy Spirit is saying to us uh, through this teaching. If you will this morning, I want you to use your imagination with me. And what I want you to do is capture the first reaction that you have to this scenario that I'm going to present. So after the service, we're going to have coffee in the foyer. Stay around. Have coffee in the foyer. But as we go to the foyer, somebody's already got their coffee and they drop it. They drop their cup of coffee. It splashes up on some people. It goes all over the floor. What's the first thought that comes to your mind? Okay, all right. Hello, precious. So did anybody think something like, oh, no, what a mess. You should have been more careful. That could have been really dangerous. You don't have to put your hands up. I'm just putting some thoughts out there. What about, okay, everyone, move out of the way. We don't want to spread this any further. John, get a mop. Mary, get a bucket of clean water. Andy, please pick up the cup before the mopping starts. What about, is everyone okay? Did anyone get burnt? Please don't get upset. Accidents happen. I wonder how that happened. Were they holding the cup properly? You always need to take care in how you hold your cup so that this isn't going to happen again. I can clean this up. You keep talking with the guests and I'll sort this out. Look, don't worry about this. Chalk it up to experience. I'm sure you'll work out how this happened and learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. (laughs) You'll need another coffee. Easy fixed. I'll be back in a minute and give it to you. Why is it that a group of people, and in this case we're talking about probably a group of Christians, can have such different responses to a situation? And why is it that a particular person's response can be so different to mine and sometimes so irritating and frustrating? Can't they see whatever it is I see? I hope by the end of today's message that we'll have an answer to those questions and we'll revisit our spilled coffee scenario. So these different responses that we've considered could be the result of a number of things. It could be the result of training. In this situation, this is what I've been trained to do. It could be past experience. 
well, this is what I did last time, so I'll do it again this time. Or it could be current expectations. I'll do what I think I should do. But they could also be a reflection of the fact that Father God in his wisdom has created people with different intrinsic motivational gifts that influence or predispose our responses. Motivational gifts are what we're going to explore today as we continue on in our series of Living in the Spirit. You know, God being the wonderful Father that he is, has given many gifts to his people to enable us to live in the Spirit. There are a number of different ways to differentiate the gifts that we see in Scripture. And what I'm sharing today is not the only way, but I found this designation useful in understanding the gifts. So the differentiation is manifestation, ministry, and motivational. Manifestational gifts are the gifts which reveal or manifest the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit for building up the church and to manifest his glory. And we see those largely in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. The ministry gifts are the gifts that are given by Jesus to empower and equip the church. And we see those in Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 16. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, someone else is going to... Josh is going to, is going to share on those, those giftings. But today we want to have a look at motivational gifts. The God-given gifts that are intrinsically connected to our innate desires, our motivations, our promptings and our inclinations. They're chosen and distributed by Father God without our input or selection, as are all things that relate to our creation. We didn't have a say in any of it. We're God-ordained and we're God-created. And these motivational gifts are different from the other categories of gifts in that they're part of who we are created to be. A person with any motivational gift can be appointed to any ministry gift and operate in any manifestation gift, but each will bring quite a different outlook to the ministry, as we'll see. So a motivational gift gives us the inner drive to notice certain needs. We see certain things that others overlook. We naturally see specific shortcomings, areas that could be improved upon and needs that go unmet. The gift creates an internal desire that is so natural that we never stop to question or examine it uh, once we've identified something. You know, the holder of a gift will often ask, Why doesn't anyone else see the need or the problem? Why doesn't everyone else feel the same way? I don't get it. Well, that's what we're doing here. We're going to explore why this is. You know, motivational gifts are all grace gifts, freely given by God and certainly not deserved by us. By God's grace, everyone has been given at least one motivational gift, and that's not just Christians. We all know non-believers who are great leaders or organisers, who love serving others, who just want to help people, who are generous in giving, or who just love teaching others. If these seven motivational gifts are all expressions of God's character and nature, because all of them are evident in him, then couldn't he distribute them to people who are made in his image and likeness, which is everyone? 
Genesis 1 verse 27 says, God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You know, when all the motivational gifts are at work, the local church, like a human body where all of its parts are working well, will be healthy, fully functioning, and will experience holistic ministry. So why is it important that we know what the motivational gifts are and, in particular, what our individual gift is? In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 10 to 11, and I'm reading out of the New English Translation, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, there's some important things to see here. First one is that each has received a gift. We all have received a gift. We all have a part. So the question is, what's my part? What's my specific part? We're then told that we're to use it. We don't bury it. We're to use it. We're commanded to use our gift. And we're to use it to serve one another for the benefit and the good of others. And this shows us to be good stewards of the varied grace of God. You know, it recognises that the gifts will be different, but all express the grace of God and all are needed. Peter says, you know, if you're going to speak, speak with God's words. If you're going to serve, serve with the strength God supplies. And the purpose? So that God will be glorified through Christ Jesus. You know, this is Father God's design in giving gifts, that they would be used to build up the body of Christ in the power and with the enabling of the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, will glorify Father God. We live in Christ to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. So we need to know what our motivational gift, um, what, we, uh, what, the, what is the gift that we have, so we can be aware and accept the way we've personally been made to function. To accept how God has made us so that we can function as he's designed But we also need to be aware of the gifts of other people so that we can accept them and value their unique and complementary function. So let's have a look at what these motivational gifts are from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12 and verses 1 to 8. Therefore I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment as God has distributed uh, distributed to each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members 
and not all the members serve the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members who belong to one another. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If the gift is prophecy, that individual must use it in proportion to his faith. If it is service, he must serve. If it is teaching, he must teach. If it is exhortation, he must exhort. If it is contributing or giving, he must do so with sincerity. If it is leadership, he must do so with diligence. If it is showing mercy, he must do so with cheerfulness. Paul makes it clear that although we don't, uh, we don't all have the same function in the body, we are one in Christ and we belong to one another. So it's important for us to know individually what our function is so that we can benefit the others. It says to whom we belong. We actually don't belong to ourselves. Firstly, we belong to Christ and then because we are his body, we belong to one another. For Paul makes it abundantly clear that we must use our gift for the good of Christ's body, the church. So Paul here clearly identifies seven different gifts. Prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leadership and showing mercy. We're going to take a look at each gift and as we do, see if you can recognise yourself or others in these gifts. I just want to make a note here. The descriptions that I'm going to give are not in the scriptures. You won't read these descriptions in the scriptures, but they come from observing the characteristics, both strengths and weaknesses, of those who have the gift. So let's start with prophecy. If any of the kids are writing notes, you want to put down prophecy. Okay, we must use it in proportion to our faith. I just want to make a note here too. The gift of prophesying that, that Paul is speaking of here is not the same as the inspirational gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 12. There's a difference between a manifestational gift of prophecy and a motivational gift of prophecy. And we're talking about the motivational gift. So if you have this motivational gift of prophecy, you have an innate gift that allows you to have specific insight and perception regarding certain information. You become aware of critical information that helps those who receive it make informed decisions. Your motivation with this gift of prophecy is to use scripture to reveal unrighteous motives and actions. You proclaim truth and expose sin, discerning from scripture the outcome of a matter. This may involve elements of both forthtelling or proclaiming as well as foretelling. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3, says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and consolation. This gift operates and matures dependent on our level of faith. And sometimes your gift, this gift of prophecy is, limita is limited by a lack of growth in faith and a lack of use. So grow in faith. Grow in faith. Your gift is really important to the body of Christ. What about service? It says if your gift is service, then you must serve. 
Your service is the expression of love through action, which requires doing something to meet another's practical needs. Your gift recognises another's discomfort or lack and then finds a practical way to meet the discerned need. Your focus is on the person who has the need and not yourself. You're happy to serve without being paid or even honoured for that kindness. For you, this is a lifestyle pattern of behaviour, voluntary actions from personal choice. You choose to serve. It's not from a position of employment or slavery or obligation. Your motivation with the gift of serving is to minister to Christ by meeting the physical and practical needs of fellow believers. By meeting these needs, you free others to perform their functions in the body. Galatians chapter 5, the second part of verse 13 says, Through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. You know, a possible challenge you may face with this gift is that you may become angry if others don't see the need to serve to the same extent that you do. And this downside can lead to bitterness and resentment and even an abandonment of your gift. It's not fair. can come out of your mouth. You remember Martha? A wonderful servant. But she thought everybody, including Mary, should be serving. But your gift is really important for the body of Christ. The third gift we see is teaching. It says if your gift is teaching, then you must teach. Your motivation with this teaching gift is to make sure that the facts are accurate so that the decisions that are based upon them can also be correct. You clarify truth and you validate information. Your gift focuses on the need for others to know the truth and to live in the light of newfound knowledge being empowered through information. To make this as easy as possible, you strive to present the knowledge in clear, orderly and an easily digestible manner. You want to be clear and effective in presenting information and will draw on a wide range of resources for your personal research. Your desire is to grow disciples for Christ and you will be a lifelong learner. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 say, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. You know, a danger with this gift is that you can develop a know-it-all attitude, which will turn people off no matter how gifted you are. And you can also become so consumed with your knowledge and the, uh, the content of your presentation that you never realise when or if you actually lose your audience. But your gift is important for the body of Christ. The fourth gift that we see is exhortation. It says, if you have the gift of exhortation, you must exhort. This is often translated encourage, encouragement or exhortation. But your motivation with the gift of exhortation is to see Christians grow in faith and maturity so that they will fulfill all God's will and purpose for their lives and so that unbelievers will be attracted to the gospel by their lives. 
you stimulate faith and promote growth. Exhortation naturally flows through you as you comfort, counsel and guide. You're glad to be with people and you want to help others progress towards wellness and the will of God. They may require correction and confrontation, even a loving rebuke, but the desire is always, the desire is always to see people grow up in Christ through applying God's truth to their lives and to their problems. This gift operates and matures dependent upon your personal engagement with others. And it will fail if you, it'll fail to thrive in a relationally isolated or disconnected life. You need to be among people. I think that goes for all these gifts, doesn't it? These gifts don't operate in isolation. They are designed to operate among those in whom, where God has placed us. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 says, But exhort one another each day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may become hardened by sin's deception. Some things to be aware of if you have the gift of exhortation. Exhortation needs to be supported with solid teaching and prayer, otherwise the encouragement or, exhortation, or uh, the encouragement or exhortation will dissipate. But also you need to be sensitive to people's emotional state and don't just use exhortation as the cure-all for everything. Be wise in where you invest your gift as not everyone will want to grow from your encouragement. Invest wisely that your gift is very important to the body of Christ. The fifth gift that we see is giving. Paul says, if you have the gift of giving, the motivational gift of giving, you must do so with sincerity, which means without pretense. Your motivation with the gift of giving is to make wise investments in order to advance the work of the Lord. There's an alertness regarding how funds are used and in order to have more funds available, you tend to be frugal with personal spending. As a giver, you also need to be a getter so that you have the means to give. If you don't have your own assets, you're motivated to find other sources where funds or resources can be obtained and you're often very creative in your endeavours. Your focus is the recipient's well-being or the successful completion of a project that represents a worthy cause. You're looking to find permanent remedies for solvable problems. Giving is in your DNA and you're always on the lookout for opportunities to give because that's what you do. Often seeing needs that others don't see even when people are putting up a good front. Luke 6 and verse 38, and Pastor Josh has already referred to it this morning, says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use will be the measure you receive. What are some of the dangers to avoid if you have the gift of giving? Well, don't use your giving to manipulate or attempt to manipulate others. Freely, Give as unto the Lord. Don't become angry because of the perceived selfishness of others 
who don't share your burden for resourcing the people and church of God, but rather influence others by your behaviour and choices. Don't lose your commitment to generosity because of the perceived indifference or greed of others. Be a discerning and good steward of your gift of giving because your gift is very important for the body of Christ. The sixth gift is leadership. Again, some translations say organisers, but leadership. If you have the gift of leadership, you must do it with diligence. You must do it with diligence, with responsibility. Your motivation with the gift of leading or organising is to coordinate the efforts and resources of many to achieve agreed-upon goals. You manage the assets of human abilities and time and use all available assets to bring a project to completion. You can visualise the final objective and know how and when to delegate tasks. You plan ahead and you complete tasks. You have the ability to see the big picture and to not get bogged down in peripheral issues or minutia. As a leader, you give vision and are an agent of change. 1 Corinthians verse 14 and uh, sorry chapter 14 and verse 40 says and do everything in a decent and orderly manner. Well what are some of the dangers with the gift of leadership that you need to be aware of? Don't be bossy and don't be a bully. Your gift is intended to do God's work, God's way through the effective use of God's people. Treat them well. Don't use your power to manipulate, coerce or mistreat people into getting your own way. It's not your will to be done on earth, but God's will. Don't take on more than you can effectively handle. Because your gift is very important to the body of Christ. Our final gift in this list of motivational gifts is showing mercy. It says, if you have the gift of showing mercy, you must do so with cheerfulness. If you have the gift of mercy, you feel genuine compassion and empathy for those around you. This moves you to meet needs spiritually, emotionally and or physically. You endeavour to exemplify the love of Christ by alleviating distress and suffering and sharing burdens. And this is done with joy and cheerfulness. It's not a burden to you. You tend to be the first to offer to come alongside those who've experienced trauma and have an innate ability to sense when someone is in pain, even if they haven't yet verbalised it. You're quick to commit to help in their restoration and are often seen as kind, gentle, meek and responsive. Your heart goes out to hurting people, be they individuals, marginalised people groups or those affected by unjust social issues. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. They will be shown mercy. What are some of the dangers that you need to avoid if you have the gift of mercy? 
Don't allow yourself to be manipulated into helping ungrateful people who are simply users and takers. Don't let your mercy create dysfunctional relationships with unhealthy soul ties, codependency or any other dysfunction. And don't let your mercy pull you out of the will of God, particularly in relationships. You're not God or anyone's saviour. Point them to Jesus. Your gift is very important for the body of Christ. So I wonder, have you seen yourself in, yourself in one or more of these gifts? You know, few people are fully described by only one of the gifts. Often a mix is found um, with traits of each gift present to some degree. But usually one will be dominant. And when facing unexpected situations, we'll usually respond in our dominant gifting, which will colour what we see as important in that moment, how we respond and what motivates us to speak or act. So while the behaviour of people may look similar, the underlying motivation, because of the motivational gift, can be very different. And it's only as we learn the skills of the other six gifts that we will be able to use our own gift effectively and in a complementary way. Often the timing of the use of the gift is really important. You know, when we're functioning in our gifting, there'll be a sense of purpose, of joy, of satisfaction and fulfilment. And we'll see maximum fruit for minimum weariness. We are made to do this. The ultimate expression of every gift, of course, is personified in Jesus Christ. The more we become like him, the more we will express each of the gifts in a balanced manner, even though we will use them all from one dominant motivation. The scriptures that I gave for each of the gifts are actually not specifically related to motivation because all of us are called to prophesy, to serve, to teach, to exhort, to give, to lead, and to have mercy. So let's go back and visit our opening scenario of the spilled coffee. The responses were very varied, but each response occurred because of the different perceptions of the most important need of the moment, which was based on the motivational gift of the responder. And together, there was a holistic meeting of the, the presenting need. So let's have a look at it again and see if we can match them to their giftings. What gifting would say, oh no, what a mess. You should have been more careful. This could have been very dangerous. Probably not. Te teaching wants to help them know how to do better next time. This is really saying, is something right or wrong? Prophetic. Prophetic. Prophecy, yes. It is the person with prophecy who will tend to have that as their initial thought. Now, they might immediately, because they are maturing, think, okay, that's probably not the time to say it. Let me see if I can you know, get in and help here. This is coming off. Um, so prophecy. You know, somebody that I know in this congregation that has the motivational gift of prophecy is Doris. Doris has the most, she speaks her mind. She speaks it straight. And we need that gift in the body of Christ. What about the second one? 
<laughs> now, I'm not, she is not the only one. There are many others, okay? <laughs> but we need to treasure the people among us that have this gift. What about the second one? Okay, everyone, move out of the way. We don't want to spread this any further. John, get a mop. Mary, get a bucket of clean water. Andy, please pick up the cup before the mopping starts. Leadership. Leadership. Yes, that's right. Okay. And, you know, in the way I've presented it, you can see some of the characteristics. They take charge. You know, they don't ask, excuse me, um, should we have a meeting to decide who's going to look after this? It's like, no, no, I see this need. The need is that I need to get things organised so that this, this mess is clear, cleaned up. And so the gift of leadership. What about this one? Is everyone okay? Did anyone get burnt? Please don't get upset. Accidents happen. Mercy. Yes, mercy. Mercy cares about the person. Don't worry too much. We'll get to the mess on the floor. But how are you? Are you okay? Is there something that you need personally? What about this one? I'm looking at you, Pete, for this one. Okay. Oh, leadership. Leadership. Pastor Josh, I believe, has a motivational gift of leadership. He is... He's, not, he's been placed in a position of leadership, but I think that's because of the recognition of the motivation of his heart to give vision, to bring change, to lead people on. What about mercy? Oh, one of my favourite mercy people is Karina. Karina has the motivational gift of mercy. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that she's part of our body. There are many others with the motivational gift of mercy. We need that gift operating in the body of Christ. Okay, what about the next one? I wonder how that happened. Weren't they holding the cup properly? You always need to take care in how you hold your cup so that this won't happen again. Teaching, yes, <laughs> teaching. Teaching um, wants to get the facts right to find out what happened and then what could be done differently so that this doesn't happen again, so we don't have this outcome again. The gift of teaching. You know, somebody that I really appreciate in this body who I believe has the motivational gift of teaching is John Luke. John Luke Butcheri, who um, has that gift, that motivation of teaching. What about this one? I can clean this up. You keep talking with the guests and I'll sort this out. Serving. Yes. Serving. Serving. It says, I'll look after this so that you can do what, what you should be doing. Um, lots of servers. Yes. Michael. Michael, absolutely. The motivational gift of serving. Trevor Wiseman. Motivational gift of serving. How do we need those body, those people in the body of Christ? What about the next one? Don't worry about this. Chalk it up to experience. I'm sure you'll work out how this happened and learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. Exhortation. Yes. Exhortation or encouragement. Yes, that's right. Um, there are a number of people in the body of Christ with the gift of exhortation. <laughs> um, okay. 
the last one. You'll need another coffee. Easy fixed. I'll be back in a minute and give it to you. Giving, yes. If you're giving, then give it out of a pure heart. Again, there are a number of people in this, this family who have the motivational gift of giving. I think Bunny has the motivational gift of giving. I think Gary has the motivational gift of giving. You know, in that or any situation, what if everyone only had the gift of mercy? There'd be lots of compassion and empathy, but the mess would still be there. What if everyone only had the gift of exhortation? The person would probably feel chastened and corrected and definitely in need of some empathy. What if everyone only had the gift of service? The mess would be cleaned up, but it would take so much longer than if the person with the gift of leadership helped to organise the process. What if everyone only had the gift of giving and went for the coffees, leaving the person in the mess and very upset? If everyone only had the gift of teaching, instruction for avoiding the situation in the future may be helpful, but it would do little in the moment to meet the need then. And if all had only the gift of prophecy, they would make it very clear that something had gone very wrong and could have had dire consequences, but care for the emotional needs of the person would have been severely lacking. Each gift contributes to the needs in a holistic way. Just as Paul said, for just as, sorry, we're um, back in Romans 12, verses 4 to 6, for just as in one body we have many members and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members who belong to one another. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. So I want us to just take a few minutes here to, to just consider these questions with Holy Spirit. You know, I say, Father, who have you created me to be? Knowing that he has made you exactly as he wants you so that you can function in the body of Christ. What gift have you given me that motivates me? How am I using my gift to build up your body, the church, and to reach the lost? Is my gift available to benefit your body here at Grace Life where you've planted me? And if not... How am I to respond to your command to make it available? Because we're not actually given an option. I hope we don't want an option. I hope we don't want to opt out. But rather we would take our place in the body and bring our gift so that all the needs of the body can be met. Let's just sit with the Lord. And see what he wants to show you.
Father, may our hearts overflow with gratitude to you because of the great love that you have for your body, the church, the body of your son. And because in your infinite wisdom, you have gifted each one of us with a gift that helps us to see the needs of one another, those to whom we belong in Christ Jesus. Father, that our hearts would overflow with gratitude for one another. Lord, with gratitude that we are not all the same. Lord, that we would rejoice in our differences because you have put them within us to ensure that all the needs of your body are met. Your manifold wisdom and grace are evidence, Lord, through the giving of these gifts. And Lord, out of the gratitude of our heart, Lord, that the overflow would be that we would offer ourselves first to you, as Paul said in Romans, that we would offer ourselves to you alive as an acceptable offering. That, Lord, we wouldn't be pushed into the world's mould, but, Father, that we would be led by your Spirit to offer our gifts Lord, for the benefit of your people, for the building up of your body, just as you've intended. Father, thank you for the immense, unfathomable love that you have for us. Lord, if any of us are struggling with the gift that we have, Father, Speak to us. Help us see the value of who you've made us to be. And Father, that we would cease from our own strivings. Lord, that those of us who've been given the gifts to speak, that we would speak with the words of God. Those of us who serve, Lord, that we would serve you with the strength that you give that in everything, Lord, you would be honoured and all glory would go to you because that's the desire of our heart, that you would be honoured and glorified for you truly reign above it all and are worthy of it all. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.